Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of Get More Success. Today I'm thrilled to have with me an actual old university friend from many, many years ago, Mr. Clayton Oates. Clayton, welcome to the show. G'day, Wazza. It's fantastic being here, mate. Uh, it's awesome catching up with you. I know we've seen each other a few times over the last 30 years, maybe two or three. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just uh, th- wonderful to be here. And thanks so much for inviting us on. Absolute pleasure. And uh, look, I'll, I'll start the call with uh, the, convers- the question I ask everyone is, how do you define success? That's a great question and probably something that continues to run around my head and has done for my entire life, really. Um, I suppose one uh, definition that sort of stuck in my mind many, many years ago was Earl Nightingale's definition about uh, you know this, the progressive realisation of a worthwhile cause or ideal or, or dream, if you like. So, you know, it wasn't sort of necessarily a destination. It was just a when you're in that zone of doing something that um, is, is fulfilling an aim that you've set out to achieve and define. Um, so a lot of it is just for me personally is knowing what it is that you want and working. And, and often it's the working towards it as opposed to even achieving it at the end of the day. Yeah. So you've um, just, uh, you know, having a look at some of the history of some of the stuff that you've achieved uh, is, is pretty sensational. Like you're one of the top 25 thought leaders in the accounting profession as nominated by the CPA practice advisor out of the States. Now, you're the first Australian to be added to that list, aren't you? Was there, I am so punching above my weight, it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, look, that is an amazing honour to be um, included in the company of the other 24, really. Um, uh, you know, any time I had a moment or an opportunity to meet any of those people, I would have travelled willingly around the world at my own expense to actually sit with them and learn from them. So sort of to be included in that company, um, you know, it's interesting. My kids sort of say, Dad, how did this happen? Um, how, you know, I suppose... All I can really put it down to is, uh, yeah, there was a lot of effort and a lot of focus over a lot of years, but essentially I'm interested in people. Um, I'm curious about things. Um, I wouldn't say I'm that interesting, uh, but I'm certainly interested in people. And um, that's probably put me in situations over the years where I've just continually wanted to learn. You know, probably, you know, that old adage, the more more you learn, the more you realise you don't know and you need to learn. So... You know, I've travelled the world looking for or I'm learning more constantly. And, you know, that those sorts of things have just evolved and been included in that list. I, I can recall many years ago, actually, a, a great friend of mine, Greg Wilkinson, who founded Reckon, the um, accounting software group in Australia. I can remember having lunch with Greg and he said, so, Clayton, what do you want to do? You know, do you want the biggest company or... And I've never been, I've never been sort of shooting for those sort of goals. Um, I really said to him, look... I'd love to be respected and admired and uh, make a difference to people. And this was 15 years ago, I can recall this conversation. And hopefully I'm starting to live that out a little bit. Um, still a long way to go and it's a never ending journey, but certainly enjoying it. And I feel very fortunate, very blessed to um, you know, be So tell that. me a bit about QA Business Solutions, because you're not your, your standard everyday accounting practice. It's not like people rock up and go, here's my receipts, you know, bang out the bass for me. Like, because you're... you're 
you've created some amazing processes and systems for small and medium business that that really help shortcut the the or re, remove the pain, haven't you? Well, that's the goal. I mean, you know, I, I started out in accounting. You and I started really at Price Waterhouse at a summer summer school, wasn't it? Or summer summer? Yeah, we did a summer a summer internship or something. It was loads of fun. Um, I, you, you got out of there pretty quickly, but um, I hung around for half a dozen years. It was a great place to start. I had learned a lot, um, but I, I sort of knew within the first couple of years that myself and accounting weren't really cut out for each other in this purest form. Mm. Um, I essentially did accounting. Um, I can remember in my when I year twelve, Mum sort of saying to me, "What are you going to do, Clayton? You know, when you finish year twelve? And I had no clue whatsoever. And one afternoon, she picked me up from school and she'd just been to the accountant. And she said, oh, you're good with maths. You should be an accountant. And that just sort of, oh, okay. So I went off and studied accounting for no other reason except for that um, brief conversation with mum. But really, what my purpose of doing accounting was to have my own business. I thought, ultimately, if I can actually learn a bit about accounting, finance, you know, that's probably important if you're having your own business one day, perhaps. Um, so that, I went into accounting to gain that knowledge and insight. I sort of got stuck there for 10 years in the traditional accounting and tax, um, probably not having the confidence to um, go out on my own and do something that I've, um, you know, I just got, I just had some inertia really in making that decision to move on. And finally, I got to the point where enough was enough and I started my own um, consulting business. In fact, that was a partnership or a joint venture with the accounting firm I was working for in Northern New South Wales here. And the goal of that, consulting business. One, it was getting me away from tax completely um, and away from accounting in its purest form. But it was also about um, helping people, um, training, teaching, educating, which was probably a sweet spot for me in um, and technology. I love the technology. First, I had an Apple computer in 1982. Um, you know, I'd like to say I was, about, I was 12, actually. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> young there and and I could see what technology could do if it was um, implemented in the right way it could help people run their business more efficiently ultimately the goal of technology was to help people get back buy back time from their business um, you know even at early days in accounting I just couldn't stand the fact of watching people work weekends um, you know this game that people played in corporate life of actually beating the boss into the car park in the morning and making sure that you're last first in and last to leave you know it was just a game so it was just there was just we weren't introducing efficiencies and quality of life into these professions so i wanted to be a part of actually making that happen i want to be an example of actually how to do it right and, and so as part of your journey building your business you've actually without meaning to hit the international speaking circuit as well like uh, looking at some of the places that you've spoken, like uh, the conference, Sleater Group conference in the USA, speaking at um, you know Institute of Public Accountants all over Australia, you've done roadshows for for Reckon and QuickBooks, um, all throughout Asia Pacific and Australia. So how did all that? Because you're an accountant. Accountants are supposed to be boring and just happily going. How did you? have a personality what happened there uh, yeah well well if you've ever seen accountants at conferences you know they have personalities and i know you've been to a few of those so they don't um, want a beverage or seven either yeah that's right a few starters and they're away you know they cut loose um people like everyone else you know um so they enjoy um having a great time and having having enjoyment around other people uh, I, I essentially went started going to the us about six years ago to further my learning um to further my development and I can recall um, Brad Sugars telling me one day from Action Coach, he was saying that um, Clayton, and it was probably a Jim Rome quote actually, um, you know, you're never going to out, 
um, earn me unless you outlearn me. And, you know, the learning aspect, I probably got a bit stale. I probably got to a point where I, I knew a lot about our industry in, in our country. And I probably got to the point where I thought, oh, you know, I think I know a fair bit. I, I was probably even starting to see myself as an expert, which was just ridiculous, really. Um, so I thought, no, I've got to find some, who else in the world actually um, is in our industry? Who's ahead of the curve? Um, and I found Doug Sleater actually in the US, um, a consultant, a QuickBooks consultant in the US, who ran a large conference in Las Vegas. So 2011, um, Jacinta and my wife and I decided to go to Las Vegas and go to that conference for no other reason except to try and learn more about our industry, about where's it going. There was a lot of technological disruption happening. Um, technology um, was starting to change the game as it is in many small businesses. And, you know, there was a lot of fear about that. So I wanted to go and learn um, and try and understand where is this going? I'm an optimist, basically, uh, but I just needed to actually try and associate with people who had a bigger picture, a bigger vision about where, where the world's heading. So I, I discovered Doug, um, first time an Australian ever went to that conference. He couldn't believe that I'd come across the Pacific to actually attend his event and, and struck up a friendship from there. And that then led to him inviting me back to, to speak at the event. We seemed to have a, a kindred sort of spirit of we were thinking about the same things across the ditch. Um, in different sort of parallel universes. And I think from there, it just, uh, I, my, I genuinely care about the people that we're actually serving, and that is the small business community. And in technology, we can start to believe our own press a little bit in IT companies. Um, and so I, QA business is the conduit to small business, um, and we've got this deep connection with small business. So we're bringing technology through and with the accountants and bookkeepers and software consultants to enable small business to have a better day, a better life using technology as the enabler. So um, the speaking bit just came about, I think, through my natural passion for, for the industry. I'm still excited about it. I've had my moments with it over the years. Um, and, you know, it's just been these series of serendipities, really, um, that have occurred. So it's, it's, it's quite amazing. It's not lost on me, the opportunities that I've been given. And I certainly, it, it's maybe helping me try and make a difference to more people. That's always something I've had in my mind. How can I help more people? And, if, you know, you can't do that running solo. You actually need maybe a platform. You need to leverage and partner with others to do that. Um, and so that what you care about can be communicated. So tell me a little bit about your business model. Now, when I, I actually came up to, to visit Clayton a while ago and, um, you live at the resort, you've got this amazing place up near uh, Lennox Head, and you had an office there where you had a lot of your team working in there, but before the call we had a bit of a chat, and you don't have your team working in there as much, so tell me about how your business model has evolved. So originally there was just Clayton, QA Business Solutions, please call me up and give me all your money. How has that evolved over time? Yeah, it's probably gone through a few phases. You know, The initial creation of QA Business was a joint venture with the accounting group that I started with. Um, because I, I felt there was there was a definite need there. There was an itch that wasn't being scratched. Um, we weren't trying to create the market. We were actually trying to serve and deliver a solution to the market. And this was the mid-90s when accounting software was just getting going on the desktop so that people needed to know how to set up, train and support people in using these technologies so it wasn't a mess when it arrived at the accountant's office. Um, so we were trying to be proactive in that sense. Um, so it was a, but I was an employee for the accounting firm. I came up with the idea about creating a consulting business um, and then suddenly within, you know, maybe two or three years, we had hundreds and hundreds of clients. Half of them were new clients to that accounting firm that were brought in through QA business as a, um, as a technology and, and a solution provider. 
the challenge was the accounting firm didn't respect what I was doing. They, they were trying to measure me the same as the guy beside me who was doing tax returns. And so it, it became obvious that I needed to perhaps take this business out of the accounting group. I was an employee to start with. Within two years, I bought into the business first round. They said, I said, can I have a part of this, this thing that I created? Naively, I created as an employee. I had no, you know. Um, two years later, they said, sure, you can put some money down. I went and borrowed $30,000 and bought half the business. Um, and then three years later, um, this accounting firm got taken over by a large national group. And I tried to explain to them, hey, we could do this in every accounting office around the country. Um, and, you know, we were just a small business in a, in a country town, um, turning over around half a million dollars in the first few years. And I had a belief that we could do this throughout the whole country. The accounting group didn't have the same vision. So I actually then bought the other half of the business. So we wanted to, we became independent in 2000. We had an office in Lismore. Um, no one was visiting us, really. We were going to them. We were going to their office, training and supporting them. Or we were logging in. We were starting to use, you know, the internet, um, 2000 um, or before even to log into people's systems. So then what happened was, you know, we built the team up. We had a team of half a dozen. We brought the business actually to our home. We had a, um, a home office, um, purpose built for the for the for the business, and there was half a dozen people working here. And with over probably 15 years, we'd had up to 20 people have gone through the QA business, so you're never gonna hold people forever. Yeah. Maximum we've had is six people at a time. Um, and, you know, just on the staff thing, you know, I love Tom O'Toole's quote, you know, about the training, um, you know, what if you, what if you um, train people and they leave? We always trained our teams really, really well because they were the front-facing person to our customers. Um, and then people are fearful about training people up and then they leave, you know, but what if you don't train them and they stay, you know, that always stuck in my head with Tom's quote there. Yep. But um, so we, we can't keep people forever. Um, a lot of transition was happening in our industry. It was, it was a bit more challenging to find people who knew a lot about the tools and technologies, especially the new ones we we're using. So we actually, as people sort of left the business as employees, we decided to take on contractors. And the contractors are essentially people around the country that are running their, their own consulting business and doing a great job at it. And people perhaps I'd known for 10 or 12 years anyway. And they weren't the rainmakers. They weren't the ones out there gathering the business, but they were great at actually doing it. So I essentially contracted with those guys. Really, essentially what I've done is we'll pay you the rate that you're normally charging your clients. So probably undercharging their clients to start with, but we'll pay you. We'll pay you in seven days. Um, and I know you do a fantastic job in actually providing a solution to our clients. So it meant that we've got a team around the country, you know, Mackay, Gold Coast, Melbourne, here in the Northern Rivers. Um, and also we outsourced our reception, uh, our office admin and reception way back in 2001 as well. So we haven't um, had to have a receptionist or a st someone here. It's a virtual, a virtual um, receptionist which enabled me to, I mean, everything reason I was doing this was to try and free up me, you know, yeah. trying to extract me from the business. Like I'm, I'm working on growing it and developing it and, and bringing the business to the business. But every system, every process, you know, I've got a family of, of five young, well, they're not young kids now, they're 18 to 10, um, and, and, a, and a wife that I really want to spend a lot of time with. So I didn't want this business to be a burden to me. So I had to design it in a way that actually it was going to free me up and so I could be speaking the truth to clients about using technology to actually free them up in their business. So how much, how much, of, how much of your time do you spend doing accounting -y stuff versus selling client interactions, speaking, all, all that kind of thing? Thinking, yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah, look, these days, incredibly a small amount of client contact. Um, the team is managing that. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be writing articles or attending events or gathering information from around the world and trying to then disseminate that out to accountants and bookkeepers. We're morphing more in helping accountants and bookkeepers and the advisors to help their clients. Um, you know, there's only so many individual clients we can help and support. There's been about 5,000 small businesses we've helped over the years. In fact, I live in a country town of 4,500, so it's quite an interesting statistic having client, more clients than live in our, our town, um, which, which I'm probably quite proud of, actually, the fact that we can live, choose where we want to live and run our business from where we live. Um, yep. We're just in an amazing time to enable that to happen. Um, so personally, you know, it's an embarrassingly small number of the times that I'm charging or billing jobs to clients. It might be, you know, it might be between five and 10 hours a month, perhaps. Um, you know, the business model also, I, I wanted to set up a business model that had recurring revenue to it. Um, and the software industry is all, all about that now. But in the early 90s or mid 1990s, it was, wasn't unheard of. It was about selling product. Um, but we were actually looking to package solutions and ongoing and try and create recurring revenue that actually made sense to the software company, to us, and also to the small business. And we were, we've managed to do that in some areas, which has enabled me to sort of have, you know, a, a, quite a substantial recurring revenue model in the business, which has been wonderful because my aim really was to create a business to help create a life and a lifestyle for my, myself and my family. Um, I think if, it, if you're just doing that, that I got to a moment where all that was all I was doing and it was I was quite selfish actually. I got to the point where yeah, it was doing that and I thought, oh great, now I can just sit and relax. It, it gets a bit boring after a while just sitting around and um, you know not achieving, maybe, maybe when you're 95 or something, even then, but maybe not. So I, I had a year or so where I just sort of sat around going, well, okay, that's, that's working. Um, what I realized what was missing was I actually wasn't um, engaged and helping other people. And so once I got sort of my, my head out of my own um, part of my body, um, I actually have now got back in the last few years in refocusing on, okay, I've learned a bit. How can I teach it to other people? How can I make a difference and help other people um, create a, a life that they want to lead and achieve some goals? So that's the really satisfying part actually about the industry we're involved in. And that was always your focus, wasn't it? Like in setting up the business, your plan was how do I extract myself from the business so that I can earn revenue from it and then live this lifestyle where I can contribute and do what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, you know, that, that, that's been the goal and the dream from day one, really, as yeah. to um, how every moment of trying to, um, if I'm putting a new product or in service or going to provide a solution to clients, is this going to ultimately lead to free me up or is it going to create a noose for me? Yeah. And, um, so that was a question I'd ask myself, you know, from the very beginning of any product or service that we thought we weren't, some maybe could have been incredibly profitable up front, but created a burden for us. Yeah. Um, and so, and because I wanted to hang around this industry forever, um, you know, if I was just trying to build the business and flog it off, then it could have been a different conversation or different mindset. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, well, hang on, you know, the recurring revenue that it generates now, I couldn't, I probably couldn't have enough money in the bank to generate that income in the way that I actually do do it now. So, um, but you know, this, there's a re, recalibrating phase too that I'm going through um, probably at the moment to take it to the next level and really try and help and educate and teach others um, 
because I do get people sort of say to me, well, gee, hang on, you travel a lot, you, you seem to be sort of, you know, choosing to live how you want to live. And yeah, I suppose that's, that's true. Um, but so how can I help other people achieve the same thing if that's what they want to achieve? Yeah, yeah. So tell me a bit about, because uh, you and I have spoken before about how celebration is, is a really important part. In particular, I love the story about your tennis court, because how big is your property that you live on? Is it like five acres? No, oh, it's it's a couple of acres. We've got the, a property next door. It's about five acres all up. So right. yeah. So so tell me if you don't mind, tell me about the the how you got the the. Well, it's not just a tennis court, is it? It's a recreation area that does every sport known to mankind almost, including golf. Yeah, that's right. It's got half a dozen golf putting holes in it. I mean, look, I had a dream really at, at university. You know. Um, about the time I met you, you know, that uh, a great friend actually lived down in Mount Eliza. Um, we used to go to his place and play tennis on a Sunday. And, you know, I grew up on a farm and we all, um, we, we never had much money. I can recall even at university how naive I was. I, I didn't do very well at uni, as you probably remember, Warwick. I, I had a great time. But uh, <laughs> in fact, I love some subjects so much, I, I went back to have a second look at them. Um, but I, I sort of had this dream that, gee, one day maybe I could have a I'd love to have a tennis court um, and it was active being uh, with the kids, you know, I wanted to be outside and, and, uh, and not just a tennis court, but one that we could play all sports on, you know, basketball and cricket and, um, you know, golf, it's got a golf driving net and putting holes and those sorts of things. So it's a multi-sport sort of court, but it really essentially was, um, you know, a, re- a reward or recognition, you know, of, of achieving a certain level in the business and, and what, what I was doing, I had to realise that I really needed to reward myself. So and it was it was a relative reward. It, it was, you know, it wasn't going and then borrowing a heap of money from the bank just to put a lifestyle um, product in the backyard. It was actually I could do it and I'd work towards it to actually um, achieve it. So mentally, I, I understood that the brain runs on that. If, you, if you're just working flat out and it's all about putting just money in the bank, well, no, you need to actually um, know why you're doing something and the emotive sort of side of it of picturing myself having time with the kids. In fact, I had a hit with my 18-year-old last night. I just beat him in the last set. I think Won't that's be gonna... long and he's going to best you, I tell you. I think I'm just about past the baton there. So, uh... and, and I reckon once he's done it, the other four kids will go, oh, he's beaten Dad, now we can too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so these things, um, you know, and the same then just recently with the with the pool and the and, and a fire pit area and just I mean, they, you know, I'm, I don't want to get too fixated on the on the um, material things there, but the reality is, um, you know, you do need to when you're shooting for a goal of some sort, try and think of the emotive side of it. You know, yeah. it's not just the fact that we put a tennis court or a pool in. It was it was about picturing ourselves having time with our family and our friends in that pool and enjoying the atmosphere that that helps create. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It is so not about the stuff, but what it is is you've met some you know, amazing goals that you'd set for yourself and there's a reward which is not an everyday item, not something you would do anyway. So it's quite clearly every time you play tennis or swim in the pool, it's like, man, this, is, this represents these years' work and this significant achievement. And, and I'm sure there's other rewards that it might be, well, it wouldn't be a tie because living where you do, you never buy a tie, but there'll be some lesser rewards that you'd give yourself for certain achievements as well, yeah? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and that, that habit of getting into that habit of, of um, getting the subconscious mind, you know, um, rec- you know you're actually helping it, um, it just builds on itself. Yeah. It's self-perpetuating. So, you know, I, I mean, going back one step, I mean, the, you know, 
part of building business too is actually going without or, or sort of reinvesting in your business. You know, yeah. build your business or dig your well before you're thirsty is something that I've always um, understood. Uh, but also delayed gratification. You know, but Jacinda and I, um, we lived in a garage for five years. I know you're just building a shed at the moment, but so we we actually lived in a garage at a parent's place for um, five years. You know, we had four kids in that garage. There was no walls. It it was it, and and you know it it was to me it was just a, a thing we were doing on the way through because we knew our end goal. Yeah. Um. And and fortunately, I had a wife who understood that as well. Um, <laughs> incredibly patient, but. I'd actually sort of forgotten about that era, but it was a wonderful time. We we're all, you know, except for the time when rats and mice would run across your bedhead. But hey, you know, oh yeah, it's a small price to pay. It's a redefining open plan living. Yeah, first world issue. So, and which is really interesting because you know, being the breeder that you are with the five kids, how has the way that you've lived your life and set this delayed gratification? set yourself a goal and work towards it. How has those lessons, be they consciously or subconsciously, rubbed off on your kids? Oh, look, you know, time will tell there, I suppose, <laughs> but um, they, they, seem, they seem to be a happy bunch. Um, you know, we, um, I'm very conscious of ha- um, setting an example. Um, you know, I think success you know they uh, there's actually I, I was listening to a podcast the other day um tim ferris i love his podcasts and you know he opens up our world to m- the most incredible interesting people and there's a there's a guy called derek sivers actually um sivers.org is his website amazing guy just wise you know wise beyond his years and he was talking about um you know success and um what it actually means and self-mastery, mastering yourself, mastering the um, your automatic responses and emotions uh, that, you know, just happen, trying to get them under control. Um, so trying to master yourself. I think the world works itself out once you've worked yourself out. And then also, um, you know, being of service to others. So, you know, that counts, can sound a little new agey, sort of northern New South Wales, hip, nimbin, hippie sort of, Maybe I'm in the right spot for that, uh, but it sits right with me. You know, it's it's living um, living life in a way that's congruent with you and your values. It's not through the eyes of someone else. So just trying to do your best, and and um, you know, so the kids, I think they see that. Fortunately, they saw the struggle. You know, they saw the era where we, we did live in the garage. You know, they had a reference point to that. They've now sort of in this different environment. So gave them perspective, um, and, and you know gives them they can see that things are worth actually pursuing even yeah. through challenging times yeah yeah so uh, you know you've done some great stuff you're living a great life you've got you know you've worked hard at what you do what are three things you wish you'd known way back when when you started off so like to help other people shortcut their 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 journey to success that's a great question. Thanks, thanks for putting me on the spot there. Uh, pleasure. That's what this is all about. No preparation. Grill them. I've got to just think my think fast, think slow um, answer. Um, probably uh, there's been moments when I've actually been very hard on myself. Um, you know, I heard the term um, work on yourself, you know, work hard on yourself, but that doesn't mean be hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. I probably, I, I took that a little bit, you know, the wrong direction. I've always been a, um, you know, a student of um, success, I suppose, or student of, um, you know, people that live 
or appear to live great lives. I think the thing is too, we don't know. We don't know if someone's successful. Yeah. Someone might be living in a way that society sees them as being successful, but they could be entirely miserable because they never set out to actually, uh, as Derek Sivers talks about Richard Branson, you know, I, I think in anyone's book he's, he's successful, but the reality is if he set out to live a quiet life and, and um, you know, he, he, could, he could just be a compulsive business creator and like an addiction, he can't help it. So. <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't think that's the case. So yeah, I think, um, you know, to give yourself, um, but go easy on yourself. Um, I think, um, you know, the other couple of pieces of advice is um, look after your health, you know, it's definitely, definitely one. Um, I know people talk about this, but until you actually go through a moment where your health does come under threat, um, and a lot of, and it's been self-induced. I know that was in my case. I um, went through a bit of a meltdown a couple of years ago, as a lot of people do. Uh, but a lot of it had to do with just poor, um, it just just skewed. I just wasn't actually taking care of that part, and not only physical health but mental health as well. I think that's a huge issue in um, in business. It's a, it's an issue in professions, and it's something we need to continually be talking about. And I would say, particularly for men, because men are absolute rubbish at asking for help particularly with the whole particularly australian male of oh, she's right mate no worries toughen up you'll be right and it's just like that doesn't hurt serve anyone particularly yourself so it's that whole you know just go and have a conversation with your with your health professional um and to get you down that path yeah and find, you know find someone you relate to um you know i'm very appreciative of um support you know in terms of my family and friends and you know when you go through that sort of thing, I, I think, you know, for my personal journey was that great, I'm here for the others now. I've got a newfound, deeper empathy yeah. um, people. You know, I think the other thing I would say to myself, I don't be so certain on things. You know, I had this very sort of, and, and very narrow, certain, it was comfortable for me to be certain. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like, as you get older and, and things, you know, life pr plays out, um, there's so much gray out there and that's okay yeah. you know and that's what makes the world work yeah, yeah. So. and it gets into something like it's a way not the way absolutely yeah yeah fantastic hey clayton thank you so much for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you if people want to get in touch with you to find out more about your business or get some help from you what's the best way they can get in touch with you yeah, um, I'm a bit of a Twitter holic, so uh, Clayton underscore Oates. That's O A T E S, not like chaff. Um, it's with the E in there. But um, or uh, website ClaytonOates.com or .com.au. Uh, Clayton Oates, all one word. Um, look us up on LinkedIn, wherever you'll find us in most places there. Um, Warwick, it's just been an absolute dream being here with you and chatting to you. And one of the great things I love hearing about people is when you meet someone again that you hadn't maybe you hadn't seen for a lot of years and you say they haven't changed a bit and just uh, a little bit less hair and different colored hair kilos, you're looking trim and taut there mate but that, but that beaming enthusiasm that's infectious um I'm just loving it mate so I, thanks so much for the opportunity to reconnect and I hope it's helped a few people out yeah, there yeah no thanks really appreciate it you've been listening to the get more success show with Warwick Mary look forward to having you back on the show next time Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. 
Thanks for listening, and we hope you can get more success.